Hey, one more thing before you go. Do you have a passion for food and family? Have you ever wondered what it's like to work in a high-end restaurant or a humble sandwich shop? Do you enjoy watching complex characters deal with their personal and professional struggles? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you might want to check out The Bear. It's an Emmy award-winning comedy drama series on FX and Hulu. In this episode of One More Thing, before you go over the teacup Sunday, we're going to review the first and second season of this critically acclaimed show created by Christopher Storr and starring Jeremy Allen White, brilliant guy, as a talented chef who returns to his hometown of Chicago to run his late brother's failing business. Join us as we explore the themes, performances, and culinary delights of the bear. I'm your host, Michael Hirsch, and I'm here with my lovely wife and co-host, Diane. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Hello, Diane. Hello, Michael. Hey, you know, <laughs> it's interesting. When we watched the Emmys, we mm-hmm. um, actually learned about a show that won Emmys, uh, an immense amount of Emmys. And mm-hmm. at the time, I think we had, I mean, I kind of heard about this particular show, The Bear. Yeah, but we I haven't heard about, much it. about it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. We, yeah. And we, we were surprised when it was in a comedy um, I know it got moved following the rags. Uh, I heard it got moved to the comedy part or the comedy. Uh, right. Let me try the that. Comedy. <laughs> category. category. Hard word. Hard word. Category. <laughs> oh, words are hard. Math is hard. I, I are smart. Life is hard. <laughs> yeah. I are schooled. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It got moved to the comedy <sighs> category, and we thought, you know, um, we probably should check this out because we love TV, right? Well, yeah, and we love comedies. Well, we love all of them, but I don't know. For me personally, a comedy is probably my top choice, but had never really – hadn't heard a lot about this. <laughs> and apparently our daughter, Nicole, had been watching it, and she never said anything to us. Shame so. on her. I, I know, she... but um, I have to say I am so unbelievably sad right now because season three isn't out, and I need season three because we binge-watched one and two really quick, and I'm, I'm so sad. I love, love, love the show, just like everyone else. I mean, it, well, it, yeah. it deserved everything it won. Yeah, totally. Well, and realistically, here's the deal. I, I know that um, you know we're doing a review late because obviously, if we'd have known about season one, we probably could have reviewed season one right off the bat and, and then binge watch season two and given yeah. you that. So we're going to kind of give you a quick rundown of season one yeah. and two. So if you haven't or didn't know anything about the bear, like we were, you know, we're avid TV watchers. Mm-hmm. But I, I'd kind of I'd say I saw it. I saw it come up all the time, but I had no clue what it was. So. In reality, we're going to help hopefully um, inspire you to uh, a new little delight. And who knows? We may have been the last ones on earth to watch it. I mean, I guess that's possible. (laughs) It could be. (laughs) Well, let's tell everybody about it. The Bear is an American comedy drama television series. It was created by Christopher Storer and premiered on Hulu on June 23rd, 2022. And it starred Jeremy Allen White as an award-winning chef who returns to his hometown of Chicago to manage the chaotic, definitely chaotic, kitchen oh at his gosh. deceased brother's sandwich shop, which is 
you know, it it is brought back a lot of memories for me. The supporting cast includes Evan Mosk Bachrock, Ayo Edabiri, Lionel Boyce, Lisa Colin Zayas, Abby Elliott, Elliot, and Maddie Matheson. Um, in 2022, it was renewed for a 10-season second season, which was released July 22nd, 2023. In uh, November, excuse me, 2023, the series was then renewed for a third season, which we're really, really yeah. happy about. Thank um, God. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's, I don't know why Nikki never told so, us about this. She knows, number one, I, I love to cook. Yeah, you do. Yeah. So, in loving to cook, like, and I mean, I my first job, my first job ever was a dishwasher, of course. That's where we all start on the bottom rung. A dishwasher <laughs> in a little Italian restaurant um, that was run by, I was called Two Guys from Italy, and it was actually run by Two Guys from Italy. Yeah, literally. Literally. So, yeah. you know, I worked my way up from there up to bigger and better things, in, not necessarily in culinary school, but, you know, I did learn the ropes in, in, a, in, Ital in the Italian business. I learned how to make pizza the Italian way, the Neapolitan way from Naples, Italy, uh, from Sicily, from Rome, you know, because there's different pizzas that are made that way. I learned how to make pasta. I learned okay. dishes that I never would have dreamed about growing up in my, I mean, you're familiar with my, we'll call them family. Your mother's, your, your mother's cooking? You my mean? mother's cooking, my mother's side of the family. You know, my mother's <laughs> deceased. So, you know, sorry, mom. I'm God gonna, rest. God, God rest your soul. Yes. Exactly. But, but you know, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's one of those it, things. It, are... Well, you know, it, it, she um, she was very much about bringing the family together and having a lot of food. Yes. And that's that's what we can say that's good about her. We can taste <laughs> about we, that part. Exactly. Exactly. Now, I was introduced to good Italian food actually before I started working. I started working in Two Guys Million when I was 15 years old. Um, but when I was 11 years old, I got introduced to Italian food from, um, my sister's then husband, uh, my brother-in-law at that time, uh, Roberto and Roberto was from Rome and, uh, I mean, Rome, Rome immigrated here. Mm -hmm. He's the one that brought uh, Sergio and Giovanni and everybody else over. And there was probably the two guys from Italy. Yeah. The two guys from Italy. Um, yeah. well, it turned out to be three guys from Italy, but the two guys yeah. from Italy really ran the, you know, owned the store and then Giovanni worked mm -hmm. for them and he went on to create another restaurant himself. But, um, you know, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that atmosphere because I grew up with, and, and you know the story, but I'm going to tell everybody else. Yeah. You know, I grew up, it, when I turned 11, I literally rebelled from my mother's cooking when I found good Italian, Mediterranean cooking yeah. from a yeah. multitude of families that came over and we all were living in the same apartment complex. So it was like a little Italy within that little complex. So I was introduced right. to, you know, how to eat basically. I mean, really how to eat. And uh, it kind of yeah. changed my life for, well, forever. Yeah. Forever, forever. You never went back to the other stuff, so. No. And, you know, I, Even if, though, you know, even though it, you know, holidays, you know, we we still went back to that um, way of cooking or way of eating. So yeah, so you to go. Um, we had, you were introduced to my very large family on my mother's side, mm -hmm. especially uh, yes. not necessarily my father's mm -hmm. side, my mother's side. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. I, you knew Roberto too. You had, uh, yeah. uh, had known Roberto. We'd been to his family, you know, when he got remarried, my sister and him divorced, he got remarried. We went to their house quite often and we still ate good food there. I mean, from Roberto's mm-hmm. side. Um, yeah. But uh, going to my my mother's family from the Christmas parties and the Thanksgiving and things like that. She loved to cook yeah. from yep. that perspective. And but it was, it was a lot of food, a lot of food. But, you know, it's interesting because there's, there's, there's parts in this season too that could trigger people who have a very dysfunctional family like I grew up with. And um, it literally reminded me of my mother um, in many, many ways. Reminded my sister of my mother. Yeah. My sister recognized yep. it. Um, our daughter yeah. actually recognized it. Yeah, uh, she she actually told you first. Uh, watch out for episode, whatever it was. I can't remember what number, but in season two, there's a certain episode. She said, "Just it's probably going to trigger you. Just want to yeah. warn you." And uh, she wasn't wrong. Season two, episode she seven. Wasn't wrong. Is that what it was? Yes. I know season, it's called fishes. Fishes. Yeah. Season two, episode seven. So yeah, it, yeah, it's interesting, but you know, it it's I I think I like I really get drawn to this for two reasons, you know. It, well, first I probably well, I should tell what the premise is. The premise is a young chef, Carmen Carmi Berzato. There's the Italian, is Chicago Italian. Mm-hmm. Okay, inherits his family's Italian beef sandwich shop after the suicide of his older brother. He comes home to Chicago to run it, leaving behind his world of a working you know, working in a Michelin star restaurant. So he went, he left, he went to culinary school and he became, you know, an elite chef, a very good chef. He won several awards and, you know, he was used to a very functioning kitchen and a very um, ordered. In a a fine fine dining dining. establishment. Yeah. In a fine dining establishment, right. And, And it was, you know, like ordered. I mean, everything was done a particular way. Everybody was clean. Everybody was dressed nice. Everybody... Everybody had a job. Everybody had a station. You know, I, I grew up in working from different restaurants. I grew up, I never worked a fine dining, but I worked stuff that was close to it. So, you know, I went from dishwasher mm-hmm. to, to um, a line prep from line, which is basically a sous chef. And then from that to, a, you know, a fry cook, mm-hmm. uh, uh, from a fry cook to a, a mm-hmm. prep, and then, and then on to a broiler. And it was a junior broiler. Then I went to a senior broiler type thing. So I mean, I, I went up in steps like like these people did. Yeah. So uh, you know, I could see some of that working from that perspective. Then I right. went into breakfast cook, so I understood that perspective. Um, so yeah, it it is it's interesting because he went from that to his brother's unresolved debts, a rundown kitchen, an unruly staff. Um, and, well, dealing with his own pain and known family trauma during the whole thing. You know, everybody. <laughs> Yeah, the first couple episodes in season one, and it goes on, but yeah, definitely. I mean, I almost stopped watching because it was nothing but screaming and hollering and yelling and slamming and throwing, and you were kind of going, "Holy crap!" With a bunch of chaos. Yeah, it was. um, It was tough to watch. It was tough to get through, Um, especially if if yelling and you know chaos in you know, this whirlwind of people uh, not communicating with each other, you know, if that, that can trigger some people and it can be, it can, our oldest daughter, I, I would say probably will never watch the show because I don't think she could get through just those first two episodes, but, and there might be a lot of people the same way. So 
I just want to say, make sure you get through the, the first two episodes. I think by the third, definitely the fourth episode, we were not only okay with it and, and feeling, you know, okay enough to keep going, but thought, saw the humor finally. It was like, oh, okay, now I see why it was in the comedy category. Now I get it. Um, but those first two episodes, you're like, what in the world are we watching? What like, the hell I can't is even, this? Yeah, why, why did they put it in comedy and why did it win? I mean, it was still good. The, the first two episodes are still good and interesting, but it sure didn't seem like a comedy. So give it a chance. Keep watching. And it gets so good. So, so good. Well, you know, it's interesting because I, I see what well, I think what they portray big time is in this is that these these people, um, a lot of the the characters, they grew up with each other. So, you know, they were they were all with tradition. They were all with family. So even though they were like, like friends, they were called cousins if they, you know, or uncles. And even though they were friends, well, I grew up in that atmosphere as well in, in some regard. You know, I in mm-hmm. in certain restaurants that I worked in, we were like one big family. You know, we partied together, we went out right. together, we took ski trips together, we did everything together, and then we worked together all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it was, we dated with each other, and I mean, there were many different things, but we were like one big family. Not, not that I would date family, to clarify, <laughs> but you know, it it was interesting. <laughs> you know, I mean. It's, it's, it, well, to me, it was watching the, I, I kind of missed that to a point, you know, but I got that, I mean, I got it again when I was working with the police department, of course, right. and the sheriff's department, um, uh, through law enforcement, I got that, I got the colleagues, the camaraderie, they cover my butt type thing and, and so forth, but, you know, it, it, uh, right. yeah, this really apparent in here, you watch a, you watch them as a family, you watch them as a functional family. You know, but you watch them Very. as a family. Very dysfunctional. <laughs> Highly dysfunctional. Yeah. And you got yeah. these people, Evan, Evan um, Moss Bachrock. Uh, yeah. Evan mm-hmm. Moss Bachrock as Richie, Richard Richie, I may be able to mess this up. Jeremovich, he's Michael's best friend. Michael is the brother that died, uh, that left the, the restaurant to um, Carmi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, they were best friends. And the de facto manager mm-hmm. of the restaurant. So, you know, Richie, to me, is the one that, when he first came in there, he was like the one that felt he had to hold everything together. He was supposed, he was like the, the manager, but he didn't do it in the form of a manager. It was yell, scream, holler, you know, and, and I'm going to give a little yeah. pause. If you don't want to know this, I'm going to give just something a little away. You know, he's got an unruly crowd waiting to come into the restaurant, and he walks out and pulls a gun out and fires it into the air, tell everybody to calm down and get in line, you know, right. before they come in the, before they come yeah. in the restaurant kind of situation. Yeah. And it, so he, um, he, he's, um, he's a character that, uh, you really love to hate for, uh, much of it. And, and I don't want to give too much away, but for much of it, you just, when you're like, can he just leave now? Can he just go? Um, he thrives on chaos. And then, yeah, he really does. He, and it, you know, there's times it's like, okay, he really, he's just making everything so much worse. Just go. And, um, but I'm glad he didn't. That's all I'm going to say. I'm glad that he, that I'm glad that he didn't leave. I'm glad that he wasn't kicked out. Um, it, it, talk about a transformation. That's all Major I'm gonna say. transformation. 
there's some other individuals in here, the other characters in here that I've, that I have not seen before. That you know, they enter Io uh, Io Edabiri. Um, she, in fact, she just hosted Saturday Night Live. Actually, um, she mm-hmm. plays Sydney Adamo. She's a talented young chef who joins the Beef as its new sous chef under Carmi. Um, he kind of hires her, and I think that uh, you know, bringing her character in, she. She was a culinary student from uh, a major chef school, and um, she comes into this chaos because she, I, I, I don't quite know the whole story. I don't think they really divulged the whole story, but she left another restaurant because of something. But she, yeah, they're not real clear yeah. on it. But I think the what I got from it is something about a uh, something she tried to start herself. What she kind of, yeah, and I don't want to give it away, but you'll you'll find that right. she kind of integrates herself within this reinvention of the beef. And the beef, the beef yes, is definitely. the restaurant, the current restaurant. So when I say the beef, right. she kind of right. re reinserts herself within this. But again, what what you see is um, what I like about it is that it you see you see a family that's already established, but then you see elements come in that want to change and need to change you understand the other characters that that really need to evolve need to change want to right. evolve but they don't know how and then all oh, of a sudden I, I don't i don't know that i agree that they wanted to evolve i think that they they some of these characters did not want to change anything they did not want to evolve until it started happening it was kind of forced upon them then they recognized and that. Oh, they recognized it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, another one of the characters I really like um, uh, a lot is, and he, he used to be, he used to be a uh, like a football player, and for some reason he doesn't play football mm-hmm. anymore. Lionel Boyce, he plays Marcus Brooks, the beef's bread baker mm-hmm. turned pastry chef, and he's spurred on by Carmi's yeah. you know mentoring because he, you know, um, he he bakes bread, but he he doesn't bake bread like like. Well, when we go to uh, Firebirds, you know, you love mm-hmm. that bread. Or when I make bread, I love, not to brag, but when I when make you, bread. Right. Yeah, when you make bread or, or having Firebirds bread, it's oh, so yes. good. And so he yeah. makes bread, yeah. but, you know, Carmen can say, this is too hard, and he's this and this. But instead of going, do it again and walking away, Carmen tells him how to fix it. And then once he fixes it, he, rec- he goes, oh, yes, this is cool. I like this much better. Mm-hmm. And then things start yeah. kind of changing and seeing. So you see some yeah. involvement with, with you know, each one of the characters and you see them kind of grow a little bit on each mm-hmm. one. Um, another character which we had learned in the beginning to kind of hate, um, and you can you know, give me your opinion as well on that, was Lisa Colin Zaya, so as Tina, Tina Moraro. <laughs> She's a, 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 a sort of oh. stubborn veteran line cook who embraces the opportunity to train professionally once she realizes, you know, she's, I mean. <laughs> she's fiery. She's fiery. She's, woo, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a, you got to watch her because she's the involvement with her, I think, is really nice too because you, you at least for, for what I got out of it was I, I, in, the, in the beginning, I kind of got, boy, she's a bitch. Yeah, she really was. You know, but then, but then you kind of see, but there's another side to her that, you know, comes out. We won't tell you how it comes out or how it gets how it gets no. you know turned, basically. But mm-hmm. you know, again, it 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 gives the 
the credence to the involvement between season season one and two, season two especially, and the characters mm-hmm. and the development. You know, we haven't seen, you mentioned it, you know, that the last time we saw something this good that was involving us so closely like we were part of that family. You know, mm-hmm. it, you know I was sitting there listening to some of those arguments, just like, you know, you know Santa said, just shut up. You know, let's calm down. <laughs> you go to that corner, you go to that corner, let's talk this out. Well, um, I mean, I'll be honest. We had to, uh, there were many times throughout many episodes that we had to stop it. We had to pause it and just take a breath. Like, I, I don't know how many times I realized I wasn't breathing. <laughs> Like I literally wasn't breathing. I'm like, okay, I gotta stop this. Oh, okay. Mm. I mean, it's chaos. Roller it's coaster. Chaos times ten. Yeah, it's roller coaster. But it's so entertaining. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. And I and then we were hearing people talk about it, like at the Emmys, like, oh, this is the best show I've ever seen in my life. And I, and I, we didn't know anything about it. And I'm like, and as we started watching, I'm like, best show of your life? What is? Where have you been? Like, but then, then. It all comes it. clear. Well, and, and like and I was really, trying to say, it really is one of the best shows. Yeah, and what I started to say was, um, you know, we haven't seen anything like that that drew us in so much uh, since um, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso, yeah, it has, um, it has Ted Lasso feels for me. It does. It really does. You can kind of relate some of the characters, mm-hmm. almost to Ted Lasso. Yeah. Really, if you really yep. look, you can kind of relate. You, I just thought yeah, about you that. You can compare. Yeah, you can. You can compare some characters to others between yeah, the shows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm really surprised that there is, and you're sure, I mean, do you know for sure that there's no Ted Lasso uh, people, executives uh, connected I'm pretty with the sure show? there is not, no. But, wow. sure there, but you can really, yeah, you can absolutely Ooh. compare. See, it's kind of based, it's, it's loosely based on a true story. Yeah, the, the restaurant actually exists. The Ex- exists, yes, exists. in in some in right. this form, but it's loosely based on that story, and and they kind of it took it and obviously took creative, uh, um, yeah, license license to it. I like Abby Elliott. We've seen her in other things. Um, she plays Natalie Sugar Berzato, uh, Carmen Michael's sister, the reluctant co-owner of the beef, and you know there's a there's a little tick to that which we won't tell you or give you give it away you'll no. find that as you watch it um and then the other character that i think we really kind of relate to is um maddie matherson as neil uh fack fack fock fock they call him fock i think they call do they call him fock yeah his last name's fock yeah, f-a-k so. but they call yeah. him fock okay um because i thought why are they calling him that and, but that's that's his name and and you said we relate to him no 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 i i, li- I like him oh. I like i like that character oh, you, okay yeah, because yeah. you know he's kind of a he's you know it, it, in Italian we all you got a guy you always got a guy. Well, Fock yeah. is the guy. You know we need he's a handyman right for the restaurant. He said, hey, you can fix this, you can fix that. Oh, I can fix that for you. Don't worry, I can fix that for you. I can fix that for you. He feels he's right. working for the restaurant, and in reality, he just goes around fixing stuff. Right. Well, you know, he, he's, he's he's their he's childhood friend. Exactly. So he's yeah. he's always there, and he's always like, "Oh, I right. can fix that. Oh, I can fix that. Something breaks, I'll fix that." And and he does. He actually goes through any kind of he. You know, there's some unique things with him too. So you'll you know you yes. can watch it as you're doing it there, and then you know you've got. I, um, I I would say that he is in those first two episodes where we were like, "Why is this a comedy?" He is probably the only reason that it was like, 
okay, maybe it could be a comedy because he really is the comic relief. He, yeah, he, he really, really is. is. Yeah. Um, Edwin Lee Gibson uh, plays Abraham, a veteran line cook in the, in the Beef. He's close with Tina. I mean, these are some of the other characters. These guys are great. Corey Hendricks is Gary good. Sweeps Woods. He's a runner at the Beef. Um, Oliver Platt is amazing in this as well. He plays Jimmy Cicero mm -hmm. uh, Kalinowski. He's the best friend of the late father of the Brazatos. So, mm -hmm. um, but they call him uncle. Yeah. They call him uncle. They, be, they, they've known him since they were little. Yeah, so it goes back to, like I said, you don't have to be blood to be family. So, you know, right. everybody's, you're all cousins and, and you're all, I mean, you know that I've got family that here that mm -hmm. we, that aren't blood, we still cousin, cousin, cousin. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the old, yeah, uh, the, old mm -hmm. the old spies with uh, Chevy Chase, you know, cousin, cousin, hello cousin, cousin, doctor, doctor. I don't remember doctor. that. Introducing oh, the doctors. Oh. You don't remember that one? Uh, we got to rewatch no. that. You got to see it. You got to see it. <laughs> okay. Um, but they refer, uh, you know, they refer to him as uncle and, you know, the restaurant's, he's the restaurant's key investor. And uh, this all comes out in many different ways. But, you know, it, um, John um, Berthenol is Michael, Mikey Berzato. He's the individual that unfortunately took his life. Um, and, uh, Carmen and Natalie's late brother. He, he struggled with a drug addiction and before he died of suicide like four months before the events of this whole thing. Um, okay. It's... You know it, that could be a trigger because they do have these these flashbacks and things like that. But it also contributes to the dysfunction of the family, and you see, you kind of see. Boy, I tell you, I take <laughs> well, a breath. Especially, <laughs> I know, especially after that episode. Oh, seven of season two. Um, kind of like oh oh, I completely understand. Yeah, I completely understand, understand. Mikey. And, you know, and, Absolutely. And, and that individual, I mean, I recognized him from the series, uh, the movies in the series Punisher, the Punisher. Um, but they, here he plays a really completely different character than, than the mm -hmm. Punisher. So, you know, those of you, if you recognize his name and you see him and you kind of go, well, what's he doing in this show? Um, you have to watch it because you'll see uh, um, that he has a, a wider spectrum of acting and uh, creating mm -hmm. a character that that is an interesting, um, well, I, I won't say unique character, but interesting character. Uh, yeah. You know, and there's a few other people in it, but there's also an individual in the show that uh, you and I both like, but this is the mm -hmm. first time we've seen him in this type of a situation. Carmi's executive chef in New York City. Oh. My gosh, it, it took me a few minutes, didn't it? Before I was like, wait a minute, you know who that is? Joe McHale is Carmi's executive chef um, in New York City when he was a chef, but he was very verbally abusive, very dismissive, just a plain butthead, plain and simple. And, you know, yeah, what you much. see is you get angry at this, this individual because, you know, he brings PTSD flashes back to, um, to Carmi and... Mm -hmm. I, I'm sure, you know, we all in our lifetimes have had to work for somebody in <laughs> from that perspective. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We can oh, all relate yeah. to something like that. But it was a completely mm -hmm. different character that we've seen Joel McHale play because we've always watched him in a comedic, all the way from back when he did Talk Soup originally. Yeah. You know, it's always yeah. been a comedic. Uh, usually, comedic. A, yeah, in a comedic way. 
yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis's Donna Brizato. Um, she's the troubled mother of the Brizato siblings. And, you know, <laughs> I don't want to give anything away. I don't give anything away either. Away. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things that, you know, what you see is a, an extremely dysfunctional family trying to create an environment. And you see Carmi come in as um, maybe a light of hope by trying to transform what is a failing restaurant that is in mm -hmm. an immense amount of debt. And that basically is, I don't know, I mean, it's, I, I guess you call it a working man, working man restaurant, working man's restaurant. You know, it, sure. it doesn't... blue collar. It, blue collar, yeah, you know, from that mm -hmm. perspective. Yeah. And take it to a fine yeah. dining restaurant, which is, you know, kind of a, a, a huge step up in the area of Chicago that they're in. Yeah, because there were there's actually places closing around them um, all the time. Yeah, yeah. In this. And so they, you know, and and it just like in reality, I mean, it's a stretch. A restaurant is a really hard business to start, first of all, and keep running, keep especially you know in the economy. Yeah, it's that's a tough, tough business all around. Um, so yeah, they really, um, wow. I mean, just what they what they try to do with it is amazing, amazing. Well, and and I like um, they introduced a character uh, in season two, Molly Gordon as Claire, and uh, it's a childhood friend of the Brazatos, and uh, you know she calls everybody cousins as well, um, whom Carmi mm -hmm. harbored a crush on as a teenager. So, you know the yeah. the um, chemistry between those two is an amazing. Uh, great through the whole season so good oh god season three come on yeah season three needs <sighs> to show up here because you know what you see is you you what you see the you see a a you see an evolution through season one into season two and you see an evolution through season two but then you see the dysfunction come back to haunt everyone yeah kind yeah. of a situation and that's how it ended yeah and that's kind of how it ended um you know is it it's uh, to touch back real quick the sandwich shop interior was copied from the chicago shop mr beef uh on or orleans in river north um the creator was a frequent patron and a friend of the owner's son um mm -hmm. the series received critical acclaim particularly for its writing directing and editing acting production values as well as uh his examination of its subject matter the first season received 10 primetime emmy awards including outstanding comedy series and acting wins for white moss background and uh edibari the bear also won four golden globe awards for um with acting wins on uh, white and edibari and the golden globe award for the best television series musical or comedy in 2024 mm -hmm. Um, it, it's, it is, uh, I, I, I do believe uh, after our apprehension going, what the hell, why did these people win? Uh, mm -hmm. I do believe that they deserve to win. For sure. I, I had no problem with it at all. You know, it, when we were watching the Emmys and we didn't know anything about it. And I think they were up against, um, some of our favorite shows again i can't remember who the who was up for it now was ted lasso still up for it i think so uh i do think so yes and um you know i can't say i was angry or anything but i was like oh 
what what is this show that's stealing everything from our shows like (laughs) (laughs) but um but yeah it's definitely one of um my favorite shows i think i've ever seen i mean seriously if you have not seen it you have to watch it as just remember you might be triggered because it's um man it, it puts you right there it puts you right in the center of everything well and and, it, and it, hence it, why it, i stopped breathing well yeah and it, and it is really if anybody's ever worked in a restaurant you'll recognize this you know no matter what phase I mean, of the restaurant you've worked in you'll recognize a lot of this you'll kind of go you know wow you know there there are some things within here that that you kind of you kind of see you see the family you see the support you see the function of how something can work from a chaotic perspective but also work even better from a more organized perspective right from, you I, know, from I do i um i agree with that i worked in restaurants too not um probably to the extent that you did uh definitely not to the extent in this i, I mean i guess the most i would be able to re- relate to is you know sometimes when we'd have those really really busy days and and so many people just you know, trying to get to each table and, you know, because obviously I, I was a waitress. I was a hostess too, but I was a waitress. But I, so I think some of it I can relate to maybe not as much as you. I was never really back in the kitchen or anything. Um, and I can't say that, I guess I may be one place I can think of that we kind of felt like a family um, partied together, you know, but not like you did. We didn't go on ski trips or anything like that. Um, but uh, my first restaurant job, I was a waitress. I spilled hot coffee all over customers, so that was fun. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I thought I was going to get fired. Did not. The guy was very, 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 very sweet, and so was my boss. Um, but yeah, boy, that, those are moments you never forget. So I think once you work in a restaurant, that you just there are things that stick with you for sure, and it's usually in a chaotic kind of way. Well, we met in a restaurant, but. We did. We did. So maybe, you know, maybe I was mm-hmm. uh, seeking out family in a restaurant because I missed the <laughs> restaurant so. family, right? <laughs> I guess. I mean, you hung out there. You hung out there a lot. You were not working there. That's not how we met. No, I didn't work there. there. Didn't but work there. But you, you, you patronized it a lot. So, yeah, you must have really missed the restaurant, Ms. Well, you know, you, you find a restaurant. We all have our favorite restaurants. We all have mm-hmm. the place we love to go. I mean, you know, your parents that come in and they, you know, they have to go over here to Village Inn or IHOP. I mean, at home it's Village Inn. Here it's yeah. IHOP. You know, and no, they go to Village Inn here too. We've all, we've all, I've said, we all have our favorite restaurants. We all have, you know, the ones that we love to go to, whether or not they're, you know, the, I won't say greasy spoons because we don't eat at greasy spoons, but, you know, we have favorite breakfast no, restaurants. But I think we, I think we used to back in the day. Kind of, sort of, but uh, the '50s restaurant that we won't name. Well, yeah, but I wouldn't call that a greasy spoon. I would. I mean, mm. that was pretty good breakfast. It was. I mean, no, it was really good. I'm not saying it wasn't good, but it was kind of based on the '50s diner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, diner, diner. You know, technically greasy spoons, right? Kind but of it was sorta. good. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, we always have our favorite lunch places, and then we've got our favorite dinner places, both casual dinner and w- the ones we go celebrate, you know, things like birthdays and anniversaries and things like that at, mm-hmm. you know, the fine dining aspects of stuff. So, yeah, 
I think, yeah. But anyway, I think thumbs up. If I could put my thumbs oh. up, I'd put my thumbs up. And um, one hundred two thumbs up, four thumbs up, four thumbs up. Go, you know, you can find <laughs> it on Hulu. You can find it on FX, but right now you can find it on Hulu. Um, third season should be uh, hopefully coming up soon, uh, since they got you know done for it. But you can at least binge watch season one and two, definitely on Hulu. Yes. If you don't have Hulu, yeah. we're not a sponsor of Hulu. Hulu doesn't sponsor us. Uh, we don't make any money or affiliate money from this. But uh, obviously, Hulu you have to, is a subscription base. You have to pay for the subscription. Um, but it's well worth it for you know some of these things yes. that you're watching, especially the bear. And then when it comes back and, on, you can watch it on FX or watch it on Hulu. And if any of the streaming services are listening, um, I'm looking for a job that will pay me to do nothing but binge watch. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, I think I, I am here for you. Many of us would love that, wouldn't we? <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be the best job ever? Ugh. Yes, it would. So, one more thing before we go: Do you have any? Uh, uh, I'm, we're about to get weather, so whether or not weather is weather related or not, do you have any uh, special days? Uh, let's see. They weren't weather related. Well, maybe kind of. So one of them is National Homemade Soup Day is today, and which sounds really good right now because I'm freezing. Uh, so you're going to make me some soup, right? I will make you some, some soup. Some miso soup. Okay, thank you. Um, and then it's also National Hemp Day. I don't think we have any hemp to put in that soup, but um, if we did, we would. We'd put some hemp in it. So you have hemp's your actually good. Hemp's actually good for you. You have your own personal chef. I do. You do. You yes. do, you do. I do. Thank you very much. So, one more thing before you all go. Have a great day. Have a great week. And thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go. Check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform. This.